What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family. Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty. Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. Thank you for listening in. This is episode number 199, and I am your host, Ryan Sanderson. Thanks for stopping in. I had the pleasure of volunteering at the 2019 edition of Brewery and the Beast here in Calgary. The event was very well organized, and I saw some amazing dishes being prepared over live fire and was able to taste and enjoy many of them. Of course, COVID canceled the event entirely in 2020, and while the organizers were able to put the event on in Vancouver and Victoria in 2021, Calgary has sadly gone without the last two years. But fear no, fear not, Brewery and the Beast is back in all three cities this summer, and I'm excited to bring you this conversation with founder Scott Gurney. Tickets for the Vancouver event are on sale now, and the Calgary edition goes on sale this week, Thursday, April the 21st, followed by Victoria later in May. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with Scott, and visit breweryandthebeast.com to get your tickets. The best sauce on the planet. I've been telling you about Sticky Fix from Motley Q for a while now. Recently named the 2021 Best Sauce on the Planet at the American Royal World Series of Barbecue Sauce Contest, Sticky Fix will be your new go-to. Perfect for the whole family. Believe me when I say this stuff goes great on everything, from quick grilled chicken to a 16-hour slow-smoked pork butt. Joe and Jess from Motley Q are mainstays on the Canadian competition barbecue scene, and their years of culinary and competition experience shine through in all of their products. They put lots of time and careful attention into each item, and they love how barbecue brings people together. Barbecue is a big part of their family, and they want to help everyone make it a part of theirs too. Motley Q sauces and seasonings are crafted to deliver high-quality flavor to all barbecue dishes. From beef, chicken, and pork to wild game and vegetables, they've got a sauce or seasoning fit for any dish or occasion. Let me tell you, I also picked up a bottle of that Ivory Heaven sauce a few weeks back, and it is fantastic stuff. Visit Motley Q to see their full lineup and get your bottle of the best sauce on the planet. Listeners of the Eat More Barbecue podcast can use the discount code EATMOREQ to save 15% off your order. That's discount code E-A-T-M-O-R-E-Q-U-E at MotleyQ.ca. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the podcast. And I have talked a fair bit over the last couple of years on the podcast here about the devastating effect the COVID pandemic has had on the restaurant industry. Something that has not been talked about at length uh, here, though, at least, is the, the live events industry. Those businesses have also suffered greatly. And as we come out of the pandemic and have restrictions lifted, it is great to see many live events and festivals returning. My guest this week is the founder of Brewery, Brewery and the Beast. I had the pleasure of volunteering at the 2019 Calgary edition of the event, and what I saw there opened my eyes to the possibilities of live fire cooking way beyond our traditional backyard grills and smokers. Brewery and the Beast is back for 2022, and I'm excited to welcome Scott Gurney to the show to tell us all about it. Scott, how are you tonight? Good, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, before we get into Brewery and the Beast and other uh, things you've got going on, question I like to ask everybody right off the top is, what does barbecue mean to you? That's a great question. Uh, certainly to me, I, I think it used to mean, you know, the the propane grill on your mm-hmm. patio. Yep. You I think how we all started, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that quickly changed, um, face. And, uh, since we've been doing Brewery and the Beast, um, 
it, it, it means a, a, an array of things depending on what part of the world you're from and what mm, kind of absolutely. cooking you like to do. Yep. Um, so, you know, certainly I, I see it as, as cooking with uh, fire and um, exploring the opportunities that exist when mm. cooking uh, over fire. And uh, obviously our event's very focused on meat, yes. um, but there's a ton you can do cooking on fire with vegetables oh, and fish and yep. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so. absolutely. A little about your background. Uh, you're in Victoria, is that home for you? Where's, uh, where'd you yeah, grow up? Yeah, born and raised here on Vancouver Island. Nice. Grew up in Campbell River okay. um, and moved to Victoria when I was 22 years old. Yep. Um, so spent a lot of time in the outdoors uh, on Vancouver Island, mm -hmm. fishing, um, joining my dad while he, uh, he and his friends hunted, um, and uh, you know really um, immersed myself into the hospitality industry when I started working in my teens, and um, you know cut my teeth in the restaurant industry, working in kitchens and front of houses, from okay. dining rooms to bars to pizza places to nightclubs and everything in between, from you know dishwasher to running the kitchen to yeah, bartending in front of house management. So really got a taste for all of it. Um, and, uh, and then met my partner. Um, and uh, she was an event professional at the time. Ah. And um, that quickly segued into us opening a business that was producing live events. And um, it always had a food and beverage focus. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and as such, Brewery and the Beast was born a few years after. Awesome. And you do some other events as well, uh, besides Brewery and the Beast? Yeah, our company manages um, events for clients. So, uh, you know, we'll do large scale fundraisers and, um, you know, live music performances that are for a private audience. Um, so, you know, we typically manage events that are around 500 people and up. Okay. Um, it can be all across Canada and in unique locations. Um, as anyone who's attended Brewing the Beast before knows, it's an outdoor event and, mm -hmm. you know, we do a lot in an outdoor space. So that's kind of where our sweet spot is we really right. like working in outdoor venues and creating neat things in, in spaces that are a bit untraditional. All right on. Excellent. Yeah. Nice to have, provide something a little different for folks, uh, you know, for yeah. the, the people you're working for and their guests, right? It uh, creates a unique experience. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about uh, brewery and the beast. I've got my, uh, my t-shirt on here from, uh, 2019. Nice. Uh, it was an amazing event. Uh, what is brewery and the beast for those that aren't aware or familiar with it? Well, we created Brewery and the Beast in 2012 as a festival of meat. Um, so really focusing on the proteins um, that land on the plate when you're at a restaurant or if you're buying at a butcher shop or a, you know, a specialty market. Um, we really wanted to focus on um, showcasing meat that's coming from farms where the, the farmers and ranchers are taking a more traditional approach to farming, mm -hmm. um, really uh, growing the animals and, and, and stewarding them through that process in a more natural environment. Um, you know, lots of transparency behind their practices, what the animals are eating, where they're growing, their living conditions, um, and being able to tell people where their food is coming from. Um, so we really wanted to shine a light on that particular style of, of farming and growing. Uh, and then, of course, the, the chefs who are committed to sourcing that product and serving it in their restaurants or business owners that, you know, sell it in their butcher shop or right. use it in their specialty goods. So mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, restaurants are the focus of this event, but that style of farming and, and food sourcing uh, extends right through to the grocery experience and um, the products that you choose to buy as a consumer. Yeah, I, I found it interesting that you you called it a traditional approach to farming. Mm. Uh, whereas I think it, it almost seems like the ones, the farmers that are doing it that way now, it's, it's almost something new, uh, after so many years of the, the large scale commercial farming that we've seen. So it, uh, 
know, the ones that are kind of going back to, as you say, the traditional approach, uh, they're almost the new school now, right? Yeah. And, and a lot of that, you know, um, traditional old school farming, it's neat that, um, there's, there's an, a now a larger focus on it because the sustainability factor mm-hmm. is, is something that I really saw during the pandemic. Um, and, and the new approach they're taking to farming to, to steward the land in a sustainable way and to, yes. you know, manage the animals and, and the, the, the amount of growth, like, you know, the commodity sector got hit really hard during the pandemic with plants mm-hmm. being closed due to COVID and, and, yep. you know, work becoming ill. And unfortunately that affected the food, food supply, you know, um, significantly mm-hmm. for, for a little bit of time. Yep. Um, but it was neat to see the, the smaller boutique butcher shops and the, the small growers mm-hmm. pick up the slack. Yeah. Um, you know, those smaller operations, those more, you know, one-off operations, um, could still operate as normal um, because they have the space. Their facilities aren't as large. Their facilities aren't as, um, you know, uh, mass produced. And and we need that food system to feed our planet for right. sure. Yeah. And um, but when 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 those larger systems tend to have hiccups, the hiccup is quite noticeable. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, due to the the farmers who are doing things on a smaller scale, our food system was able to uh, to maintain supply. And, uh, and I think that's something that people really need to take note of because, um, they say without farmers, there's no food and that's yep. really the truth. Absolutely. <laughs> so, absolutely. Really, really saw that. Yep. Where does that, uh, come from, from you, that the importance of that, uh, ethical sourcing, uh, you know, I guess, where does that, where do you feel that comes from for you? Is that just something you were raised with or? Well, to be honest, it was something that, that came about when, when we created Brewery and the Beast, mm-hmm. um, you know we looked at this event and said, you know, here's an opportunity to take a, you know, I, I, to back that up, I, I kind of came up with this concept based on something I'd seen in the Southern United States, which was a more, you know, American style, you know, uh, I think the event was called beer, barbecue and bourbon or okay. bourbon, barbecue and beer, or some iteration of those three words yep. and a very, very much, you know, a, um, a Jack Daniels, traditional American barbecue, Budweiser mm-hmm. kind of event. And it really struck a chord with me because I like all those things. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, here on the on the West Coast, we have the opportunity to showcase a huge amount of international cuisine that also does barbecue. Right. Um, yeah. You know, whether it's South American, whether it's Asian, um, whether it's European, everybody has a different style of cooking with fire. Mm-hmm. And so traditional American barbecue, as you know, it's a lot of smoking, it's yep. a lot of, um, you know, slow cooking. And, you know, I wanted to showcase more styles of cooking with fire, that international cuisine that's so prominent here on the West Coast and throughout, you know, Canada, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also have this beautiful agriculture here on the West Coast and throughout Western Canada. Um, and it seemed like a, the most, you know, best way to, to showcase that through the, the chef's vision was to, to really look local. You know, let's say, okay, let's, let's get the farmers on stage. Let's get the chefs on stage and let's put it all together as, as something that has some, some real meaning behind it and a way to educate people through the consumption of animal protein, which, um, you know, has had its moments where people have leaned a little more towards vegetarian or a little more towards vegan eating um, and be, people being very mindful of how much protein they're eating. And we thought, well, if we can shine a light on responsible sourcing and responsible farming and, and get people a little more in, in, engaged yeah, with the proteins they're, they're consuming and mm-hmm. supporting local economy. I mean, every time something gets bought locally, a truck has to drive it. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to land it. Someone's got to refrigerate it. So 
we're keeping a local food system thriving too. That's not just the farmer and not just the restaurant, but it's everything in between. So um, having come from the restaurant industry and knowing this, how difficult it is to operate under, on, under normal conditions, yep. um, if there was a way to highlight the restaurants that were taking that extra approach to using this food, we wanted to do that. So we wanted to create an event that was fun, that was consumable, but also had a really strong message behind it. And, awesome. and as we got, as I got further down that, um, that education uh, moment, you know, in engaging with farmers and engaging with suppliers, I really, I really dove into it and I really enjoyed the education experience for myself. And it's something now I really enjoy sharing with mm-hmm. others. Absolutely. I think I've had kind of some similar experiences with this podcast. Uh, it's, it's taken me to local farms, uh, meeting the farmers, uh, seeing the animals, uh, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And, you know, m- building those relationships where I'm able to, you know, buy meat directly from them and, uh, yeah, it's certainly uh, kind of a similar idea where it uh, it wasn't something growing up that was a, a thing for us, right? Uh, you just got your meat at the grocery store or the butcher shop and off you yeah. went there. There wasn't any thought as to where it came from. Where um, <laughs> It's true. And there's yeah. and, and, and a lot of people don't really know where their food comes from. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's an opportunity to learn, right? Yeah. And that's what we want to do is provide some consumable information to folks and, um, and you know, let them know too, there's a, there's a, there's another way of doing things. There's a, there's a commodity way. There's a, and then there's a, you know, a smaller way of doing things. And, and both, like I said, are absolutely necessary. So this is just the one element we've chosen to highlight. Awesome. Awesome. So when did uh, brewery and the bee start up? Uh, 2012 in Victoria, we did our first event okay. uh, in uh, September and uh, we hosted it at the Phillips brewing company in their backyard okay. and had 600 people there and uh, about 25 to 28 chefs. Nice. And um, it was a big hit. And then we, we moved it to Vancouver the following year and then did it again in Victoria. And then two years after that, 2015 was our first um, introduction to the Calgary market. Awesome. And uh, all three cities ran up to 2019 and there was, you know, big hopes for 2020. And yeah. we yeah. all know what happened then. Yeah, something something went down. Eh? <laughs> uh, talk a little about, you You know, you obviously mentioned uh, the farms, uh, the food and drink partners that you work with. Uh, maybe highlight, yeah, uh, so- highlight some of those and... Definitely. So, you know, at the core of the event is the protein and um, we're very fortunate to work with a couple of really great suppliers throughout um, Western Canada. You know, in Vancouver, we work with Two River Specialty Meats, which is based out of North Vancouver, and they supply, uh, you know, the majority of British Columbia with those, uh, you know, more unique um, cuts and and they source from all, you know, a great array of, of farms and ranches and producers here in BC. So mm-hmm. they've they've really helped us cultivate this event too and the message behind the protein and they supply the chefs with the majority of the protein that come in. Some of the chefs go farm direct um, and some of the farm and some of the chefs have um, different suppliers they use, but all of the product is vetted by us before it comes to the event. Um, You know, purchases required. Um, You know, we need full transparency of where it's coming from. And we have the same thing in Alberta. Um, In Calgary, we work with a great organization there called Prairie West Specialty Meats. They used to be community wholesale foods um, and now have changed names to Prairie West. Um, We work with their team there and and they supply um, a lot of the product for the chefs. Again, in Alberta, um, you know, farming and ranching is far more prominent than it is in BC. So a lot of farmers are sorry, a lot of the chefs in Calgary have direct relationships with farm and a lot will go farm direct. Um, And, um, you know, as you know, there's um, many Hutterite colonies in in Alberta that do a lot of farming. And um, I've had the pleasure of speaking with 
um, some of the farmers uh, in those communities and learning what they're doing differently. And it's, it's astounding yeah. um, some of the stuff and sustainability programs they have in place. So the food is coming from an array of places and growers mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, and the channels of which they come through are typically through two rivers in Prairie West, but we do see a lot of farm direct, which is really cool because right. we get to engage with the farmers directly when we're having those, you know, moments of confirmation, right? right. Yeah. Gives um, you an so, opportunity to meet, meet, meet other growers and providers, right? And learn, and, and the learning is really the key part. Um, and then, of course, the restaurants that are participating are, are really a, a really great diverse mix mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, high-end dining rooms, um, small cocktail lounges, pubs, um, you know, markets, eateries, specialty locations, um, again, international cuisine. Um, so it's a real nice mix. You, you're really going to see all levels of food, food mm-hmm. styles and cooking styles. Uh, you know, it could be something as traditional as a smoked brisket. Yep. Uh, it could be a very complex dish with multiple moves and all sorts of preparation methods that's coming from a really high-end restaurant. So, mm-hmm. um, and as you know, you might you might get a whole hog roast or, yep. you know, a, a splayed lamb or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's really the, the neat part about the event is you'll really get to experience all levels of technique and style and preparation method. And of course, you could sample from up to 10 different proteins, yeah, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Rabbit, rabbit and elk to pork and beef yep. and chicken and lamb and bison and everything in between. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really nice mix. It's not mm-hmm. just one style of food and it's not just one style of restaurant. It's, mm-hmm. it's everything. Yeah. I mentioned in the opening, just for when I was there in 2019, what an eye opener it was for me. Uh, you know, I've been at this barbecue thing for 10, 12 years and, uh, but to go there and see the live fire stuff and I'm chef Ryan O'Flynn was it? Is that the name? Yep. I, I, yeah, yeah. I think I got the name right. His yep, setup there was just amazing with the, you know, the animals hanging over the fire and uh, yeah, just did, uh, some amazing food he was making and uh, yeah, just a real neat, yeah, he, uh, neat stuff to see. So he called me one afternoon in, in the winter and said, "Hey, I've got my idea for brewing the beast. I need a, a giant log and I'm going to hollow it out <laughs> and then light it on fire." And I know there's not a, a whole lot of giant logs out in the prairies, yeah. and so. Um, there was actually a cut site not too far from where I live where they were doing a development and I went on site and I asked the guy oh, wow. to throw that, that log in the back of my truck. And I drove that <laughs> thing around the back of my truck for about two months before we unloaded it into a, another trailer that was actually going to drive into Calgary. So oh, crazy. it got out there and yeah, him and his brother hollowed that thing out and yeah. set up here. And I mean, and that's the collaboration we yeah. love about the is, is, you know, working all working together to come up with a neat concept and idea. And yeah, he had a great show that day. That yeah. was really cool. Yeah, that was wild. That's wild. Yeah. Um, any other in the uh, beverage partners? You mentioned Phillips. I think they are uh, kind of the, the main beverage partner for you. Yeah, traditionally they have been. This year we are, the, the, the event is opening up and okay. we're seeing more um, locally specific products. So for Calgarians and those from Alberta that are attending the event and even those that are going to come from BC to attend the event in Calgary, because that happens a lot. We see a lot of traveling around to different sure, cities. Yep. Uh, we're going to be working with local breweries in Calgary awesome. um, year round. So um, right now we know that tool shed is going to be there. We know that banded peak is going to be there and uh, we're working on a third brewery right now. So there'll be three breweries present at the event. Um, two of those are secured and we're hoping to have the other one secured uh, shortly, but um, you know, folks have enjoyed that British Columbia beer for a lot of years. Yep. And then now we're going to see some Alberta beer present. So oh, that's great that'll be see. a nice change, a uh, little more variety, a mm-hmm. uh, little more local flavor. Yep. Um, so I think that, uh, like I said, the Calgarians and Albertans alike will really enjoy that drinking some home brews. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, we'll have our, our cider, we'll have wine and this year we'll have some cocktails involved nice. for all the main 
main event audience. So, you know, there'll be a little bit of uh, some really neat whiskey is going to be on site Excellent. and um, some refreshing cocktails too. So, nice. uh, and then of course we'll have a full selection of non-alcoholic options too, because um, yeah. you know, brewing the beast is really about the meat first mm -hmm. and having really great selections of beverage to complement that, that yeah. cuisine. So um, we're pretty proud of that beverage lineup and really excited to have some Alberta beer at the event this year. Yeah. Excellent. And, you know, we know the tool shed folks uh, know a thing true about barbecue as well. So, yeah, Graham, Graham, <laughs> I know what he's doing on the smoker from, uh, from all my experience. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to see uh, him and the group there doing something fun. When we return, Scott gives us some details about ticket sales for the three events this year. And we talk a bit about what the future might hold for brewery and the beast. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Township 27. Township 27 develops, produces, distributes, and sells the highest quality pantry spices, herbs, spice blend sauces, salad dressings, and condiments for people who love food. All of their products are produced in hand, by hand in small batches using only the highest quality ingredients to maintain the full flavor and freshness that their customers have come to expect. Township 27 has searched the globe looking for the finest ingredients to go into their products, and they are excited to share the bounty with you. All 20, Township 27 products are gluten-free, cholesterol-free, MSG-free, and are pure, with no added fillers or preservatives. Township 27 is proudly Alberta-owned and produce all of their products locally right in Rocky View County, Alberta. If you're looking for the best in spices, blends, sauces, and condiments, whether it be retail, wholesale, or bulk, check them out at www.township27.com. And follow them on Instagram and Facebook. We're just uh, going to start talking about this year's events. Uh, tickets went on sale for Vancouver, April 7th. You said uh, uh, just about sold out, getting close. Yeah, just a few left. So if you're uh, if you're listening in from the West Coast and you want to head to that one, that's a good, good time to jump on it. And, and what's, then, the, uh, what's, what's the date for that, uh, for the Vancouver event? That's August 7th, August and 7th. that is at uh, Concord Pacific Place, which has uh, been home to the event since day one in Vancouver. So awesome. Same location, yeah. And then uh, Calgary, and we're going to time the release of this podcast uh, about just a day before April 21st. Nice. Calgary goes on sale, and uh, I looked on the website, and uh, when I checked, there wasn't a location listed for Calgary yet. Any news there? Yep, been updated now. Uh, we're going to be uh, at Stampede Park, actually, oh, this nice. year. Oh, nice. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, we're going to um, head over there and we'll be in lot six. So just right right adjacent to the big four building. Um, so real easy to uh, on and off the, the C train stop there off by 17th. Um, so it'll just be a nice, easy uh, off the train and in you go and we'll get you inside. And, um, you know, it'd be nice. Uh, we'll, we'll have the full service bathrooms there in the big mm -hmm. four building. Right. Um, you know, nice. We don't have to worry about soppy grounds or, yeah. uh, you know, yep. grow for holes that like yep. we had it for. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, a nice accessible place where people can get in and out easily. And, uh, you know, there's for those who are designated driving or who don't drink, there's parking on site. That's easy to get at. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, most people in town are familiar with stamping yeah, absolutely. sites. So. Absolutely. And what's the date yeah. for Calgary? Uh, Calgary date is August 21st, August 21st. And then lastly is Victoria. September 25th, uh, in Victoria and, um, the tickets go on sale for that one on May 25th. So we spaced them all out. So the tickets are on sale a few months before the actual date. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know what, those, any folks in Calgary that want to make their way out, there's a direct flight right to Victoria takes yeah. about an hour yeah. and, uh, and you're there and yeah. you can, you can get yourself a brewing the beast experience in Victoria too. Absolutely. So, and that's starlight stadium, is it? 
Yeah, Starlight Stadium out in the Langford area. It's a gorgeous uh, FIFA certified facility. So um, you're walking on the, the beautiful turf grass there and we're nice. doing everything in our power to make sure we don't burn it. <laughs> you don't wreck it too badly, right? <laughs> Uh, and you touched on the, the food sampling, people buy a ticket. What, what's the experience? What do they get for their, for their ticket? So, uh, here in BC, the tickets a fully inclusive ticket. So it's uh, one price and you get everything you want, um, to, you know, your maximum comfort level. Mm-hmm. Um, in, uh, in Calgary, we are, we have a little bit of a different, um, scenario under the AGLC. So okay. Your ticket price still gets you all your food, all your non-alcoholic beverages, and then we provide you with uh, eight beverage tickets. And those eight beverage tickets are good for one drink, whether it be beer, uh, wine, uh, cider, uh, cocktail, whatever it is. Okay. Uh, one one ticket, one drink. So right. you've got eight eight drinks to get through, which is more than enough. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to make sure that if everybody you know wanted to try something, they can do it. Mm. Um, and uh, over the course of three hours. Um, you know, folks can have, uh, have some stuff. We wanted to make sure people didn't run out because we don't sell extra tickets on site. If you go through all those, there's no more left, uh, you know, and, um, like I said, it's ample. Uh, we don't want people to feel that they have to go through them all. We just want them to be comfortable knowing that if they want a couple beers and they want a couple Mm -hmm. of wines and, you know, maybe a cocktail, they've got access to it. Absolutely. We encourage people to drink responsibly and plan for a safe ride home. Of course. Uh, you know, you don't have to use them all. That's for sure. Cause, yep. uh, you know, we see the average people on average have about five things to drink at the event, which yep. is, you know, more than fine. Yep. Uh, yep. I mentioned that I had volunteered, uh, doing that again, volunteer opportunities for folks. They'll be able to go online and, uh, if people are looking Definitely. to volunteer. And as I recall, when I'd signed up in 2019, a number of different areas you can sign up to volunteer in. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of different opportunities to volunteer with the yeah. festival. You can volunteer for setup. Um, you can, and then, you know, when you volunteer for setup, you can just come to the event the day of, mm-hmm. um, it, you can volunteer to help all the chefs load their gear in and their food, and then yep. you can enjoy the event after, or you can volunteer right during the festival itself and you still get to enjoy all the food and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the non-alcoholic beverages and, um, you know, our volunteers are such a core part of the event and um, we appreciate anyone that wants to come out and share their time with us. And, and believe me, you won't leave hungry. Yeah, I think no. you can attest to that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, and it was great. Uh, I was during the event, one, kind of one of the runners running charcoal and different things to the chefs and uh, yeah. great to meet them. It was just a great opportunity to do that and try some awesome food and stuff as well. So it was a, yeah. it was a fun yeah. experience. Yeah, we're really fortunate for our volunteers. So thank you for doing that for yeah. us. Well, my pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> Uh, moving forward beyond this year, any thoughts of expanding the, uh, the reach of brewery and the beast? Yeah, there's always been an appetite for us to move, you know, to Toronto or Edmonton, um, or down into the United States. And, um, you know, we had some plans for that this year and just given the, the cadence of how COVID has affected different parts mm-hmm. of the world at different times. Um, we're really just going to keep our focus here on the cities where we've called you know home for brewing the beast and and yeah. do a good job and putting the event on here and um and once things stabilize further with the 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 latter part of the pandemic here we can make some good educated decisions about where we want to go next we're, we're fortunate we have opportunity awaiting yep. uh, and we'd like to jump on those opportunities but i think the responsible thing to do is take care of business here at home and yeah. and the places that have supported this event and been been key to the success and the people who've been been part of that we want to make sure that we deliver the best product we can for them absolutely yeah get you get your feet back under you uh, after not, yeah. not doing it for a few years i guess you were able to get one in last year right 
Uh, uh, we did both our, our oh, both our both BC, BC based ones. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we did them two weeks apart, one in Vancouver and one in Victoria. And uh, they were great. It was great to see people out smiling and, yeah. and having a good time. And we ran those events, you know, quite a bit smaller than yep. than what we've done in 2019. And and it'll look the same this year. The events will not be as big okay. uh, as they were in 2019. Um, we are growing back slowly. We're being, sure. you know, um, very mindful and and very, uh, you know, uh, methodic in, in how the regrowth happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's no secret that the hospitality industry is under duress with being understaffed, mm-hmm. and um, you know, trying to get back on their feet again too. Yeah. Um, so you know, our event uh, is very much about highlighting those restaurants and and providing a really great marketing opportunity for that business while at the same time creating a, a really great team building and morale experience for the restaurants um, because so many of these restaurants have just been entrenched in this clawback moments and these yeah. these tough working conditions in the pandemic and we want to see those chefs get outside and have some high fives and you know really enjoy some some camaraderie with their their fellow colleagues and 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 just be able to uh you know get outside the four walls and have some fun so um there's a few restaurants, you know, that, that aren't able to participate in these style of events right now based on some of the conditions that have been left behind by the pandemic. So mm-hmm. we're very mindful of that and respectful of that. And we, we welcome them back with open arms, every single one of them, and want to support them whether they're present at the event or not. So there'll be a few less restaurants based on those conditions, but there'll be a few less guests too. So there'll be, there'll be more room and yep. plenty to go around. So yep. yeah, we're excited for that. Are your, do you have your spots for the restaurants filled now? Or if there's restaurants, somebody listening in the restaurant uh, business that's interested, is there still opportunity to reach out and uh, possibly get involved? Absolutely. Yeah. We want to talk to anybody who's, who's, you know, interested in this style of food sourcing and this style of, uh, you know, getting involved with an event of this nature. We, we definitely want to talk to you because, um, there's a ton of great restaurants out there and we, we can't unearth them all. Yeah. Uh, it's as hard as we try. Um, so if you're out there and you're interested, yeah, we want to hear from you for sure. Yep. Awesome. Um, anything else you'd like to mention before we wrap her up there, Scott? Um, just that, you know, beyond the, the, uh, the awareness and support this provides for the restaurant community at large, you know, and trying to get people to support their local restaurant, their local business owner, um, you know, by spending their money in, in these restaurants, uh, when they choose to go out or if they're doing takeout, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's all important. Um, this event also has a, a, a significant philanthropic oh, side yeah, and, um, in the, uh, in the Calgary place, um, we're really proud of the work we've done with state, uh, in supporting their butchery and charcuterie mm-hmm. management program. Um, that is, uh, I think second to none in Canada. Uh, you know, there's students coming from all over the nation to attend that school My, uh, for their culinary programming and their specific butchery and charcuterie programming. Yeah. So huge congratulations to them. And we're really proud to support that um, program with multiple scholarships each year from uh, the Calgary event. Uh, and we're going to be doing more of that this year. Um, and since 2012, Marine the Beast has provided uh, over $143,000 to um, scholarships and not-for-profit organization, organizations associated with food security and um, bettering the, uh, the hospitality industry with growth and um, fostering the, the education in that. So um, your support of this event supports 
future of the industry too. So that's, uh, um, and that's everybody. That's that's ticket buyers. That's restaurants. Everybody's support um, yep. go, goes to that. So and wonderful. Yeah. Appreciate. Thank you for mentioning that. I should have brought that up uh, earlier. And uh, and as as a dad of a, a child who's just finishing up the butchery and charcuterie program at Sate uh, oh, yeah. in the next few weeks, I can certainly speak to how wonderful the program is. So my uh, oh, that's great. Our, yeah, I'm our, happy our to hear that. Just uh, just wrapping up and uh, is taking a job with a butcher shop out in Prince Edward Island. So she'll be leaving us cool. soon here. And uh, cool, so yeah, uh, Prince Edward Island beef. It's a thing out there. Yeah, there's some great product out there. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah it's, it's neat. We've seen some of the. Recipients at the of our scholarship at State end up actually working at, at the Two Rivers, oh, perfect, um, just yeah. in Vancouver uh, butchering and and yeah. um, you know working on because they have an in-house charcuterie program there too. So awesome. it's really cool to see the reach that this program has and how it's mm-hmm. um, it's fostering um, people in, in getting back out across the country working in different um, markets. So yeah. uh, you know a huge kudos to the team there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know with Michael Allemeyer and Andrew Springett and the gang and Jan mm-hmm. Henson who's been a participant i mean they've all participated at the event over the years and yeah. and they come as a group and and showcase what they do too so awesome. uh, really great crew there and and um we love working with them excellent excellent that's awesome uh, scott if folks are looking to get more information about uh, brewery and the beast uh, where's the best uh where's the best place for them to go well breweryandthebeast.com is our website and that's got yep. all the info um you'll need and then um one of the best ways to stay up to date and in touch too is to follow us on social media uh, brewery the beast um, is our Instagram handle, yep. and brewery the beast uh, backslash Facebook. Um, and for those that uh, really love the Twitter, we're on Twitter too. Awesome. Um, yeah, you can get on there and scroll through all the craziness of the world and find us every now and then talking about meat. Yep. Do you do, you <laughs> do much cooking at home? Uh, barbecue, smoking, grilling at home? Uh, at home yourself? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I wish I had, I wish I had more time for it. Um, you know, two little ones at home ah, yep. and, uh, you know, they, they do their best to get through what I make, but, um, you know, it's, it's a work in progress with yep. two young kids, yep. but yeah, we, my wife and I cook at home as much as we can. And, and it's something that we really enjoy doing. So, awesome. um, my next endeavor is to get one of those ceramic eggs or yeah. a smoker or something yep. like that yep. all, all in due time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still working off of that propane grill out yeah, on the hey. deck. <laughs> it does the job some days, right? So that's right. Yeah. That. Yeah. When, when more time to, to tend to the smoker. Uh, yeah. That's that's when I'll make the investment for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, the question, last question I ask everybody, Scott, uh, it, it's dinner time. You got the, the grill fired up. What's uh, what's the go-to for you? Uh, I would have to say that, you know, my son and I, we love, we do, we usually do a Friday night steak dinner. Hey. That's kind of a tradition for us. So, nice. um, you know, when it's, uh, when it's price, price sensitive um you know it might be a, a sirloin or a yep. tri-tip yeah um you know if, if things are looking good at the counter and something's on special we'll go for the ribeye for yeah. sure awesome. so yeah you know you you again you just work with what you can and um yep. you know right now uh, the price of beef's a little on the on the richer side so yep. you know we're selective um but yeah i think that's you know a nice steak dinner is uh is one of our faves and i'm fortunate one of my buddies has got a Kamado Joe egg and yeah. and he'll do some some slow smokes on some uh, some steaks every now and then or some ribs and we'll go over there and enjoy that. So awesome. yeah, if if it's not steak, it's uh, it's probably uh, you know a, a brisket or a short rib. Those Perfect, are, right on. Go-tos. Yeah, love it, Scott. Thanks so much for doing this, uh, folks. If you're in the Calgary area or looking at travel to Calgary in August, April 21st, tickets go on sale. Uh, and out on the Vancouver Island, May 25th, tickets go on sale for the Victoria event. So check it out, breweryandthebeast.com. Uh, Scott, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Boop.
You are listening to Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast, and it is time now for some barbecue news. Brought to you by The Barrel Boss Q, a family-owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta, and the manufacturer of the original Canadian drum smoker. Whether it's in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly Troy and the Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients showcase their cooking talents, to slow down a bit and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry-level all the way up to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the charcoal drum smokers and accessories you need to be the barbecue boss of your block or maybe get a walk at the next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be a part of their customers' barbecue journeys. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram and visit them online at BarrelBossQ.ca to see the whole lineup. And tell them you heard about them on the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. Well, folks, I teased a big announcement for our Moose Knuckle Barbecue Competition team last week. And if you follow me or the team on social media, then you might have seen the news this past weekend. I am very excited to announce that Moose Knuckle Barbecue will be cooking this year on Grizzly Drum Smokers from the good folks at Barrel Boss Q. Chance, Andrew, and myself are excited to add Barrel Boss Q to our existing sponsors. If you didn't see the post, give Moose Knuckle Barbecue a follow on Instagram and Facebook to see the photos and unveiling video and watch for more team news coming soon. Thanks to Kelly and Troy at the Barrel Boss Q team and all of our amazing sponsors. In other big news, Moose Knuckle Barbecue news, we are putting on a backyard barbecue class in just a few weeks. That's right, May 13th and 14th at the amazing Fairmont Hot Springs Resort in beautiful, beautiful Fairmont Hot Springs, British Columbia, just south of Invermere. For more information and to register, visit fairmonthotsprings.com, F-A-I-R-M-O-N-T, hotsprings.com. Click on the Things to Do tab at the top and then scroll down to the Events and the Festivals button. Give it a click. There you will find the link for the Seriously Smokin' Barbecue Weekend. The three of us are excited about this and can't wait to treat our guests to a full day of food and fun. This is not a competition class in any way. But if you're looking to up your backyard cooking for family and friends, come on down and join us and enjoy a weekend in a truly spectacular setting. Next week is episode 200 of the podcast, and to celebrate, I'll be posting the Business of Barbecue panel discussion we recorded a few weeks back with three wonderful Canadian barbecue companies. Friends, I'm always looking for guest ideas for the show. If you have anything, email me at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com to let me know if there's someone you'd like to hear from. You can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at www.albertabbqtrail.ca where you can check out the listing of barbecue joints here in Alberta and then get on out there and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out to your local barbecue joints and show them some love. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week and keep on smoking.